Are you dealing with the trials of a difficult marriage or going through a separation or divorce? Welcome to the club, friend. Life is messy and it can be hard. I'm Jen Zingmark, a Christian life coach, and I have good news for you. There is a path to find hope, healing, and happiness, no matter what your circumstances are, and I can help you find joy in your journey. So let's go. Hey, y'all. Welcome back for more Jen Juice. I've been thinking and coaching on relationships so much lately that I decided to do a three-part mini-series all on relationships. So last week, I focused on improving your relationship with Christ. And this week, I'm focusing on how to improve your relationships with other people. This is really everything we have problems with in our lives, isn't it? (laughs) I think we can sum up all the problems and frustrations and joy and happiness in our life with relationships with other people. So I think this is such an important topic. I'm going to focus on how to improve your relationships with other people this week. But because it is a three-part series, they're all connected and I've put it together in a really fun, interesting way. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode yet, make sure you go back and listen to it. It will make more sense if you do. But I will try to explain the setup for this week's topic in a way that you will still gain from it and learn a lot about how to improve your relationships. But it would definitely help if you listen to last week's too. Check it out. That would be episode number 108. What I want you to learn from everything that I'm sharing with you about your relationships is that if you can improve your relationships with other people, you will feel more joy and happiness in your life. Our Heavenly Father designed us to grow and thrive through our relationships and our connections with the people that are around us. We're born into families and we rely on and connect with our family members and our coworkers and all the people that we interact with in our lives. It is through our relationships that we learn and grow and practice our religious beliefs in really intimate and personal ways that develop our character. It is through our relationships that we experience our greatest joy and happiness, as well as our deepest sorrow and pain. We know that our relationships do not end when we die. They continue on just as we do. So they are connected to our eternal destiny. It's important that we invest time and effort and energy in improving our relationships. I'm going to use C.S. Lewis's analogy that each one of us is like a living house built from relationships. We build our emotional house with the relationships in our lives. And like I mentioned last week, our relationships with anyone are basically just our thoughts about that person. Your relationship with anyone depends on your thoughts about that person. So you can improve 
all of your relationships by changing the way you think about them. As you learn to improve your relationships, you will have more joy in your life. This week, we're going to focus on your relationships with other people. So I want you to think about when you feel most connected to other people. Think about what type of situations you're in and when you feel the most connected to other people. So like I discussed last week, your relationship with the Savior is the foundation of your emotional house. This is the foundation of all of your relationships, and it begins with the Savior. But the structure and the walls of your emotional house is made from your relationships with other people. We need relationships with other people to be a whole person. It is essential for us. It is through our loving relationships and connections with each other that we're better able to understand our Heavenly Father's love for us. It is by divine design. And if you are a parent, then you know the depth and the magnitude of love that you feel as a parent. It is powerful and life-changing. This is how we can begin to understand the depth and the magnitude of the love that Heavenly Father has for us. It is really hard to explain if you're not a parent and you haven't experienced that because it's so deep and powerful. Dr. Paul Jenkins said, parenting is the number one personal development program on the planet. You get auto-enrolled, you can't opt out of it, and you learn things about yourself that you didn't want to know. And you have to practice every day for the rest of your life forever. And if you're a parent, you know this is true. Why? Because we will do almost anything for our children, right? We will sacrifice our lives and our health and, and give them everything because we love them so deeply and immensely because these relationships are so important to us. When we become a parent, we're forced by choice to live with these unique little people that don't think and act or behave the way we do. And most of the time, they don't want us telling them what to do. Well, I'm just speaking from personal experience here. Maybe yours do. Does this remind you of any other relationship you may have had in your life? Maybe like marriage? When you're married, you're also quote unquote forced to live with a unique person who doesn't think or act or behave the way you do. And most likely they don't want you telling them what to do. <laughs> I like to say, that we have families so that we can learn how to practice our religion in real life. I was actually just thinking about this the other day when I was really struggling to feel and act Christ-like and have charity. I believe in the concept of charity and I really feel like I, I have a lot of charity. When I was serving as a Relief Society president a few years ago, I gained more charity and compassion and love for my sisters than I thought was possible. I loved them and served them and prayed for them day and night. I've never felt so much charity in my life. But when my husband and I are waiting downstairs for our 17-year-old daughter and she will not answer her phone, she will not respond to a text message, 
when we kindly ask her to come downstairs for dinner or to get in the car to go to church. I really struggle to find my charity. Can anyone relate to that? (laughs) This just happened last week. It's the Lord's plan. It is through our relationships with our family members and other people that we learn how to practice our religion in real life. It's just the way of it. And as wonderful as family relationships can be, they're also complicated and always changing and evolving and hard. It's where we experience our greatest joys and also our greatest sorrows in life. The people we love let us down and they break our hearts and sometimes they break their covenants or they just leave. Sometimes we work really hard to build a relationship and keep it together and struggle for many, many years. And then it just comes to an end and we end up getting divorced. It's excruciating and traumatic, but it is through our relationships that we grow spiritually and emotionally and we practice our faith. It's where we're refined and we're given opportunities to evolve. And many times we fail. This is when we need to have grace for ourselves and for other people. When we're dealing with difficult trials, including going through divorce or the death of a spouse, really hard, life-changing experiences, we're stressed out and we're pushed past our limits and we don't show up as our best selves. Grace is that beautiful gift of understanding and compassion and forgiveness that God gives to us and that we can give to others. Another important gift that God gives us that we have to have for others is forgiveness. And I know, y'all, I know how hard it is to forgive someone who has hurt you and betrayed you in the most intimate way, but it is the path to peace. You can do it. I promise you can. Forgiveness is a gift for you. It is the gift that you give yourself, regardless of what any other person chooses to do in their life. Grace and forgiveness are the foundations of our relationship with our Savior, Jesus Christ. And if we make those the foundations of our relationships with other people, everyone else in the world, then all of our relationships will thrive. And just like C.S. Lewis described, it is painful and it doesn't make sense when the walls of our house are knocked down or broken down. And sometimes we experience cracks and damage in our emotional house and it has to be repaired or remodeled. Or other times we may have to move and just start building a new house. Either way, you need help. You need contractors and electricians and plumbers to build a house. And to build your emotional house, you need relationships with a team of supporters and friends and family members and therapists and coaches. This is one thing I can help you with. That desire to be connected with other people, it is part of our natural instinct. We are programmed to find safety and security in our connections with other people, in a group, in a marriage, in a partnership. That's the way we're wired. So when you're single and it feels like something has gone wrong, it's because it's not right. It's not ideal. You are meant to be connected, part of a marriage, part of a family. Those feelings that you have, 
are divinely instilled. Let them motivate you and inspire you to pursue more in your life, more connections, more relationships with other people. And that may mean getting remarried in your future, but it may not. I want to challenge you to be open to it. And the best way to pursue a marriage relationship in the future is by building relationships, connecting and building friendships with other men and women that will challenge you, but also greatly enrich your life. I want to challenge you to look for and build eternal friendships. When you're single and you don't have that built-in personal development program, like a child or a spouse living with you daily to help you practice living your religion, you do have the challenge of practicing and living your religion alone without anyone there to motivate you or hold you accountable. And both are challenging for sure. Living with people and living without people. They both are challenging. But when you're single, it's up to you to create your own personal development program where you're always learning and growing and evolving into a better version of yourself. You're going to have to push yourself to do new things, to learn new skills, to get involved with new projects and organizations or even businesses. Put yourself in new situations with new people. Build new connections, new relationships. It'll feel a little bit strange at first, but that's how you learn to build those skills. That's how you get the opportunity to practice your religion and grow in intimate, personal, character-building ways by exemplifying those truths you believe in in real-life situations with other people, which is really great at times and really awful at other times. But it's not possible when you're doing it by yourself, when you're living totally alone, if you don't have relationships and connections with other people. So my challenge to you is to expand your circle, to include a greater number of people, to build connections and relationships with new people. These relationships will help you truly live a joyful life. And just like each of us are unique individuals, there are millions of different types of houses from apartments to little cottages, to mobile homes, to small homes, to large spacious homes, to sprawling mansions. There are as many different types of homes as people on earth. And just like our real homes tend to change as we move through different phases of our lives, so do our emotional houses. As we go through our life, we have opportunities to have many different types of relationships. And each of these relationships adds to your emotional house. Maybe we add a new wing to our home or a second floor, or we move from our starter home to our next home, or maybe we move out of our home and move back into that same house, just like I did once. And that's okay too. Let me share this story with you. After my divorce, when I remarried, my husband and I started a business together. So we both sold our previous homes and we moved into a smaller, short-term home for our big blended family. It was cute and cozy and sort of fun in the beginning. There were two people in every room and all five kids shared one bathroom. And the plan was just to live there for two years until my in-laws went on a mission. And then we planned to move into my in-laws home 
when they went on a mission and build our dream home while they were gone. Well, life happened and my in-laws didn't leave on their mission for six years, but we did move into their house when they finally went on their mission and we listed our home for sale and we did everything we could to try to sell that house, but it didn't sell. My in-laws were gone for two years and we tried everything. We had renters on and off, but most of the time it was vacant and we couldn't sell it. So when my in-laws came back home, we had to move back into that smaller, cozy home. And I'll tell you the truth. I had a bad attitude about it. I did not want to move back into that house. It had now been eight years after we had bought that house and my kids were all much older and bigger. And I felt like the little old lady who lived in the shoe. <laughs> I was not excited about it at all, but my children were all so excited and happy to move back into our old house. They had so many fun memories of our time there and they loved all their friends in the neighborhood and they were so happy to share rooms again. And it really helped me realize that even though my hopes for building my dream house were not happening, I was living the life of my dreams with my beautiful family. And I was grateful to have them and to have that house to move back into. So let me wrap this up by reminding you, when you choose to trust and rely on the Savior as the foundation of your emotional house, especially when life gets hard and things don't go the way you planned, you will have a solid foundation of your emotional house. And I want to challenge you to build a big, beautiful mansion by expanding your circle and connecting with more people. Push yourself to do new things and learn new skills and get involved with new organizations and projects. These relationships will give you the opportunity to practice having grace and forgiveness for yourself and for other people and evolve and grow better. Make sure you tune in next week to learn how to complete your emotional house with a roof by finding joy in your life by improving your relationship with yourself. I want you to know the Lord does want us to have joyful lives, even when we face difficult trials and challenges like divorce. As you work to improve your relationship with the Savior and with all the other people in your life, you will experience more joy and happiness. But it will take work. And I can help you. If you're ready to get to work improving all of your relationships in your life, I want to invite you to join me in Faith-Filled Divorce, my coaching program where I will be your life coach. I can help you improve all of the relationships in your life. Thanks so much for joining me. I love you all so much. Have a great week. Bye, y'all. If you're ready to dive deeper into this work, and learn the tools and the skills you need to change the trajectory of your life forever, go to ldsdivorce.com and sign up for a free consultation with me. This is just the tip of the iceberg, my friends. There is so much more. I would love to work with you and be your life coach.